time for the guy who always gets you to the ballgame on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. You made it to Monday. <laughs> Depends on where you started, whether you've made it very far or not. Welcome in. First show of the week. Yep. Reaction Monday. Your Ole Miss Rebels have advanced. They're one step closer. They're in that winner's bracket out in Omaha. And so let me get your reaction to that here today on this Reaction Monday. Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show, and I sincerely hope that you will be. You can text me on the country please and text line. It's 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number. 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Text away. Got it open over here. I got it open. Text me or call me on the Divini phone. 995-1059. That's a 601 number. 995-1059. Feel free to give me a call. Love to hear your voice today on this Monday. Did it go the way you thought it would go? I'm talking about Dylan DeLucia. You, I mean, they couldn't touch him. The starting pitcher for Ole Miss against, I don't forget who they beat the other night. Who did they beat? Uh, like, a, like a drum. Auburn. They beat Auburn like a drum because Dylan DeLucia, they couldn't touch him. They just could not touch him. He was that good. You know, and it was sort of like uh, – it, was it his best outing of the postseason? I don't know that it's it, all the way around it's his best, but it's hard to imagine him having a better one. And, you know, the other thing, too, is it was a really – the thing about Dylan DeLucia, it was a really tight strike zone, it's sort of consistent with what we saw during the SEC regular season because all the umpires were squeezing the strike zone because they're going to be evaluated by track man. So nobody in the regular season in SEC games was getting very many calls uh, you know, on strikes off the plate. You weren't getting an inch or two off the plate. It had to be over the plate. Yeah, Big Brother's watching. They're watching you. Well, so it was consistent with that. Well, he didn't walk anybody. It was a tight strike zone. They still couldn't put the bat on it. He just completely had them off balance. And you know, you're watching him, and he's starting everybody off with a breaking ball. They're taking it for strike one because it's just catch-22. I felt like Auburn, they got into the fifth or sixth inning, okay, and it's pretty clear, hey, if you're Auburn, hey, our chance at Auburn to get back in this game is to get him out of the game somehow. And we're not going to chase him out of the game with a bunch of base hits. It ain't happening tonight. So the least we can do is get his pitch count up. So we're going to take first pitch strikes. Well, He's throwing first pitch strikes. That slider, the slider was working very well for him. The slider was working. It was a, a thing of beauty, and they continue to get some timely hits. Of course, Graham, you know, when Graham hit that opposite field home run early in the ball game for them, it was sort of what was it? Um, they were up. I, I could go back and look at the box score, but I think they were up by two. They were up two nothing, I believe, at that point. And he hits that one, and it was like you go, okay, I feel it. I can feel this <laughs> because there's that stat. And when they went up, what was it? They went up 5 nothing. There's that stat out there that the largest comeback in that ballpark, what used to be TD Ameritrade, but now it's got a different name, Charles Schwab Field. The Chuck. Yeah, the Chuck. 
in Omaha, the largest comeback has been a four-run deficit. It happened twice last year. State was one of those. And two times earlier, like back in 2017, that's it. Nobody's ever played in that ballpark in Omaha in this event, been down by five or more and come back to win. So when they went up by five, you're like, they, they've won this ball game, especially with the way that Delusia uh, was pitching. So they are, you know, meeting up with Arkansas tonight. You, you want to say, I mean, you'd like to go, okay, well, they're in the driver's seat, but they're not yet because this is a winner's bracket game tonight against Arkansas, who looked just, I don't know. I mean, like they, they, they scored 17 runs. Beat Stanford seventeen to two uh, on Saturday, and Arkansas just looked unbeatable. But it's baseball, game to game, and so now you have this Ole Miss Arkansas winners bracket game tonight. The winner of that one tonight definitely does have um, control on that side of the bracket. You know they are in the driver's seat. The winner tonight, but but we're not quite there yet. And so then you go back. They've met before. So you go back to uh, the regular season series. It was in Fayetteville. And again, I'm not looking at it in front of me, but I remember just the basic details in that it was a very competitive series in Fayetteville between Arkansas and Ole Miss. And frankly, it was at a time when Ole Miss wasn't playing quite as good uh, in all phases as they are right now. But Arkansas won the Friday night opener Ole Miss came back, tied the series up in Game 2, and in the rubber match in Game 3, Arkansas had either a one- or a two-run lead in the ninth inning. Ole Miss loaded the bases, had the tying winning runs up there, had bases loaded with Elko at the plate, and he ties into one. It's just he didn't hit it far enough, and the center fielder caught it, and it ended the ballgame. That's how close the series was. Just could go either way between those two teams in a three-game series in Fayetteville this year. So uh, we'll see who remains hot. I mean, Arkansas scored 17 runs against Stanford. Ole Miss has just been – they continued to look like what we've said about them the entire postseason. You can't find anybody in the NCAA baseball postseason who has, at least in the postseason, looked more dominant than Ole Miss has. And, you know, you you shut out Southern Miss in two games in a super – you go 3-0 and in the Coral Gables Regional, which is a national seed at Miami. You eliminate them, eliminate Arizona, put up 20-plus runs in the winning game against Arizona. I mean, nobody had looked more. And then go play Auburn and just, frankly, your starting pitcher just dominates them. Well, they, the first run was scored against them. How, how many innings? 19 innings? Yeah. In? Yeah, well over two games. Yeah. I mean, One run, going, that one run that they got. Going back to giving up basically a, a garbage-time home run yeah. against Arizona in that game three of the Coral Gables. So um, tonight's going to be fever pitch. And, you know, yeah, look, it's uh, if you're not an Ole Miss fan, you, you're not as amped up about it as, as they are. Uh, but the shoe was on the other foot last year, you know, so it, it goes around. <laughs> and, and I'm excited. I've seen some friends and, you know, their pictures and the experiences they've had with their kids. A friend of mine sent me some pictures, and he was texting me the night saying, hey, man, this place is unbelievable. Uh, and we're going to talk to one of those today, too. If everything goes according to plan, we're going to talk with somebody who celebrated Father's Day at the College World Series on Saturday with his dad and with his son. So you had three you generations, go. a couple of fathers <laughs> in there. 
And so that'll be one of my favorite things up. about watching the Auburn game was seeing uh, Tim Hudson call the pitches. Yeah, Tim Hudson. I yeah, mean, one if, of my favorite Braves pitchers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and they put a graphic on the screen. Of course, he won a World Series, but yeah. it was when he was with the Giants. With and the I, Giants. Yeah, I've smooth forgotten. <laughs> yeah, that he played Did for he the Giants. He played for the A's too, right? Yeah, yeah, for a good little while. Yeah, yeah it was good seeing him out there. He, he was. An he's unbelievable. a volunteer coach too. He volunteers. Yeah, he was an unbelievable. Um, oh man! Player in college, yeah, he played outfield there and, and was a great hitter. A great hitter. As a he was like good a pitcher, way above four hundred hitter. I think his last year at Auburn. Yeah. And then, yeah. In the fact that didn't the Braves use him to pitch hit every once in a while? I, so I'm sure they that. probably yeah. did. Just a phenomenal <laughs> athlete, yeah, you know. Th- those guys are next level athletes. Um, <clears throat> all right, so next gen Reb, he's the first in today on the country pleasing text line, country pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast. Uh, his first text said, well, the teams I told you to watch both lost. <laughs> and that just goes to show, like I said, any of the seven or eight teams can win it. So, and that's where we are right now. Texas is eliminated. Goodbye, Longhorns. Uh, two and barbecue for the Texas Longhorns. And, you know, salt in their wound is they not only get eliminated for the second year in a row, but this year it's to Texas A&M who pretty much dominated them yesterday. Yeah, it's got to sting really bad. It has to sting <laughs> yeah. uh, for them. He also said after Saturday, Ole Miss is the only undefeated team in the postseason left. So you go to the start of the tournament, everybody else has lost at least one game. And I'll be honest, I, you know, like I told you all coming into this College World Series, Oklahoma was the team I didn't know anything about. I hadn't watched them play all year, don't know anything about their team. I knew they – you know, uh, went to three games against Virginia Tech in the Super. They looked good. Virginia Tech had been good all year, but and especially late. So, you know, they're a good team. I said no. And then you watch them last night. Maybe it was just a good night. But that wasn't even in their ace on the mound. And that kid for Oklahoma was dominant on the mound for, especially the first, what, two times through the lineup against Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's really good. And did eventually third time through put the bat on the ball, not to mention the early home run. But I, you know he was dominant. It made you think, man, does Oklahoma really have that kind of pitching? Because that big, tall, broad-shouldered left-handed kid that started their first game for them looked really good. Um, so who who beat uh, Texas A&M to send them to the losers bracket? So I, you know, and and Oklahoma has this kid who's uh, going to be a high first-round draft pick playing shortstop for them. Uh, they got speed, so I, you know, I agree with you. Next gen, you know, you got seven teams left, and who knows? Again, you have seven teams left that it wouldn't surprise anybody if any of those seven go on and somehow win this whole thing. Um, <clears throat> Hog Jowl, what's up? His Razorbacks. Versus the Rebels tonight, Hog Jowl says, it's amazing how Ole Miss and the Razorbacks mirror each other. Both went through a slump, now are on fire. A seasoned pitcher, a youngster on both teams have been tearing it up. It's anyone's game. Yeah, so you're going to have Elliott on the mound tonight for uh, Ole Miss, a lefty who was freshman from Tupelo, masterful against Southern Miss in the Super, kid that was playing high school baseball last year. And here you go, kid. It's your game against the Arkansas Razorbacks coming off a 17-run outing in Omaha, Nebraska. Just the World Series, yeah. Yeah, it's just the World Series. (laughs) That's all it is. You know, straight out of Tupelo. Uh, He has no butterflies, I'll bet you. 
He'll be about to puke. Uh, yeah, he'll be ready. He might might do that a few times before he hits the mound. Probably be good for him. Just get yeah, it out of the way. Get it all it? out of there. <laughs> get it out, kid. Just get it all out. Nick says, um, but I, um, he, he texted earlier, said, to be fair, Auburn couldn't hit Oregon State either. They won that Super Regional game with three hits. Honestly, Ole Miss's postseason draw may be easier than their football schedule. That changes tonight, though. Nick went on to say, but I'll say this. If they win tonight, they'll likely win the whole thing. Well, here's what I here's the way I feel about it, Nick. You know, to be fair, I'm not trying to I'm just looking at it as as pragmatically as I can. If they win tonight, they're obviously in the driver's seat on that side of the bracket. And yes, I will agree with you, Nick. If they win tonight, it, it, they just look like they are cruising into the championship series, a three-game series, but the deal is who are you going to play on that other side? I just got through talking about I'm learning about Oklahoma. Hadn't watched them this year, but you watch them in their first two games in Omaha. I'll be honest, they look like NC State last year in that you go, you watch them and you go, holy cow, they've got pitching. I didn't know they had that pitching, which is what it takes. And you go, man, they are locked in at the plate and they hit for power and they can run. So is it Oklahoma on that side? Does Notre Dame? come out of that side i i don't maybe texas a&m will fight through that losers bracket they just don't look like the team that can do that because they are the worst fielding team in omaha it came back to bite them a little bit yesterday it's just they kind of overcame it by scoring eight or nine runs or ever how many it was I, so i'm not i could be wrong but i'm not looking for texas a&m to come out of that other side my deal is if all if ole miss wins tonight they they would have to majorly foul it up to not make the College World Series finals. But if they get in those finals and they're up against Oklahoma or they're up against Notre Dame, you know, when you look at the pitching that Oklahoma has put on their two starting pitchers they put on the mound so far, I'm not so sure you're not hoping Notre Dame comes out of it somehow. You'd almost rather face Notre Dame pitching than you would Oklahoma pitching just based on what you've seen the first two games. I'm telling you, that big lefty that started game one, he looks like a major league pitcher out there. And in his kid, they put on the mound yesterday, the, you know, the, the mix of pitches, the, the fastball at 96 running into the right-handed hitters, uh, change up and all that spin on the fastball, everybody swinging under it. He was dominant. I, you know, not so sure you wouldn't rather face Notre Dame pitching in the finals than you would Oklahoma. But, again, it's Omaha, and just because there are some teams in the loser's bracket that we're counting out does not mean we should. You know, again, I said there will be no surprise. If, if, let's put it this way. With everything that has happened so far, Stanford goes to the loser's bracket. They're going to play here in a little bit in the elimination game against Auburn and gave up 17 runs to Arkansas. But with everything you know about them, if they fight through it, and come in there and have to and, and it's like and force a final game with Ole Miss to go to the finals. Nobody would be surprised if Stanford did that. Not with their experience. It's almost like Auburn might be the biggest surprise if they were to fight through that losers bracket and go go on. But um again, a lot of water under the bridge between now and then, so we'll just have to see. Mike texts the show. <clears throat> he goes, What does smooth forgotten mean? <laughs> Do you mean flat forgotten? No, I don't know what I mean, Mike, uh, but I think you get the kind of – here's the thing about it. When I say, man, I just smooth forgot, you know what I meant. 
you get the message, and that's the point of the of the language and the words. I could have said I flat forgot, and it would mean the same exact thing. <clears throat> so for me to say I just smooth forgot, it's just something that I I don't know. I heard it somewhere along the way and began to repeat it. I guess is is what that is. Uh, it's a weird question. It's a weird question, Mike. What did I mean by I smooth forgot? You know what I meant. You don't ask me what I meant when you know what I meant. Yeah. Everybody knows what you meant. Everybody knows what I meant. I, I didn't mean to forget. <laughs> no, I, I <laughs> certainly did not intentionally forget. So to to uh, to sort of set it up, there's any number of ways to set it up. But you've got eight teams out there. One has been eliminated, so you're down to seven. Texas, the only team to be eliminated so far. So you had one team eliminated yesterday. You will have one team eliminated today. Now you'll be down to six. And then tomorrow, Tuesday, you will have two teams eliminated. I'm kind of upset that we won't be able to see horns down anymore. Yeah. that's yeah. yeah. It was out there in that first game they played. Because the horns are officially. They're officially down. They're not only down, they're out. They're out. They're down and out. Yeah. The horns are down and out. They were scanning the crowd the other day. There were people doing it all through the <laughs> oh, crowd. Oh, man, look. And just get ready. I mean, here's my thing. We had this de- – well, we didn't have a debate, but we brought the point up last week. Texas is coming to the SEC. They've always used their money and status in the state of Texas to throw their weight around. They ran the Big 12. They, they actually stood on the neck of their own conference for years because they could to show that, hey, we're Texas, so we can – we can kill our conference around us if we want to, and we're going to do it. It's just so stupid on Texas's part, the decision to not have equal revenue sharing. You want to be as strong as you can be as an individual school, you need a strong as you can be conference around you. And instead, they weakened their own conference. And now they're trying to come to our conference. Okay, so uh, more power to them, I guess, and we'll take you. But the point is, when they come to the SEC, at what point – well, they try to throw their weight around and make it a 15-yard penalty for doing horns down like they have done in the Big 12. The last few years, it was a memo, went around all the schools, officiating crews aware of it. Somebody does horns down, it's 15-yard penalty. Well, now hold on, time out. <laughs> what about horns up? What's the difference? Oh, one's positive, one's negative? Well, if I don't play for Texas or root for Texas, it ain't positive. So... Don't come here being sensitive about horns down. Don't come here looking for a 15-yard penalty if one of my people does a horns down. You're the new kids on the block along with your Oklahoma friends. Right. Oklahoma's not complaining about anything. Nope. I don't know what their hand sign is. Here's an idea. Do away with a hand sign. It's stupid. (laughs) Get rid of it. It's like secret handshakes. We got rid of that in the sixth grade. Yeah. We don't need a hand symbol here, a little hand sign. We don't need that. Texas, think about that. you got a long off season to think about it. Uh, <laughs> but they're out. Okay, and so you're going to have uh, another team eliminated today. It'll be either Stanford or Auburn. Now, if you're listening live to this show in the middle of the day, they're going to throw out first pitch at 1 Central, 1 o'clock Central today. It's an elimination game. The winner who stays alive, loser will go home, we'll be down six teams. The winner between Stanford and Auburn will move on. And tomorrow night, 
in an elimination game again, they'll face the loser of Arkansas, Ole Miss. Okay, so if you hang in there with this, Ole Miss plays Arkansas tonight, the winner moves on to Wednesday, gets a day off. But the loser will have to turn around and play tomorrow in an elimination game. That's how that one's going to work. The other elimination game tomorrow is the early game tomorrow on Tuesday, also a 1 o'clock first pitch. That's Notre Dame and Texas A&M. Loser will go home, and the winner of that one tomorrow moves on, and they're matched up with Oklahoma. And, of course, Oklahoma gave Notre Dame and Texas A&M both their losses. So it'll be a rematch either kind of way. So on that side of the bracket, up there with Oklahoma, who's 2-0 and in Omaha, they are waiting on Notre Dame and Texas A&M to play tomorrow. Loser goes home and is out, and the winner moves up. Whoever that is, Notre Dame or Texas A&M, will have to beat Oklahoma on back-to-back days twice, once on Wednesday, once on Thursday, in order to reach the finals. That's what we're talking about. So... Oklahoma's sitting there at 2-0. and They're in this driver's seat position on that side of the bracket, and that's where Ole Miss is trying to get to on this side of the bracket. they just got to go through Arkansas to try to get it done uh, tonight. A few more baseball thoughts with you coming up. Don't forget, too, we are 75 days away from the start of the college football season. So today we're going to do the countdown, 90 teams in 90 days. Teams number 76 and number 75 in today's show. All of that and more. We're just getting started here with you today in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Y'all stick around. Show. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. Hi, welcome back. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau Insurance, that is. Uh, shout out to Farm Bureau Insurance agent David Clark. David, where are you? David is actually in Philadelphia. Did I read that right? Yep. Yeah, I think that's what it says. The 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 uh, the town that uh, Philip Prince built. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where is where are you, Philip? Yeah. My man, uh, David Clark, Farm Bureau Insurance in Philadelphia. I got your card and your note and and gift, and I just really really appreciate that. Very, very much. We're going to talk to another buddy of mine who works for Farm Bureau Insurance uh, coming up later in the show if everything goes according to plan. My buddy Mark Guin, he handles my insurance up in Lee County, and he's a big Ole Miss fan, and he and his family got to enjoy the ball game and and experience Omaha. Now, and I don't know if that was his first time, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I can assume it was Mark's son's first time to experience uh omaha and what the college world series is like and all that so looking forward to that conversation coming up all right today so the what is today the 20th 20th all day today is june the 20th tomorrow's the first day of summer oh really the official first day of summer. official first day 
Well, appropriate is going to be 100 degrees tomorrow then, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 100 degrees in the shade. We're going to have a drought and all this kind of stuff. Heat wave. Could have had some power blackout. Did you see that story about all those cows dropping dead? Yeah, I saw Kansas? that. Like a, over 1,000 of them? A, thou- a thousand cows. But here's the thing, Bill. Because they couldn't get enough water. Well, they, they, they said like heat exhaustion. They said heat exhaustion, yeah. but now everybody's going, wait a minute, time out. Uh, you're not going to alien route, are you? No. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. <clears throat> they went, oh, <laughs> hey, I need a hamburger. Well, beam one up, Scotty. Beam one up, Scotty. No. I, um, I, what I'm saying is if, if, if cows can die of heat exhaustion, then why aren't they dying every year in Florida and every year in Louisiana? And every year in South Mississippi, because I promise you, every year it's hot like that here, yep. and it's not hot like that every year in Kansas. All I'm saying is, I don't believe everything everybody tells me automatically. You think it's fishy, is what you're I need some more info, <laughs> Bill. Something's up. <laughs> Ten thousand, you know, thousand cows just dropped dead all of a sudden because of the heat. Was it, was Come it on, thousand now. or ten thousand? It was a lot of cows anyway. There's a bunch of them. They showed they. Had that thing driving along there, panning. I like, saw that. I think it was 10,000. It might have been 10,000 cows. What do you do with them? And the what guy you... said, well, it's not going to really affect our beef production. But what? Thought, what? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> not going to affect it. That's what he said. He said, those were like uh, uh, the beef production will keep up with even that many losses. Well, okay. Okay, whatever. Fine. Fine. Yeah. What? A, that's fine. I, I get it. It cost you more, but other than that. Right. It cost me, you know, 25 cents more when I go to buy one. Okay, fine. I understand what you're saying, my deal is 10,000 cows 10, at once. Bang. What'd they do with them? Here's well, I'd a, like to know. Well, here's another thing, Bill. If it's heat, why did they all die at the same time? Yeah. All. So you're telling me all these thousands of cows that are, that are different ages, different health conditions, some stand in the shade, some not, some, you know, you know, different... They're all different. Yeah. Yet they all died at the same time. Yeah, I think it's aliens. <laughs> I wasn't even gonna say aliens. E. T. E. needed. He was hungry. <laughs> what do you do with all those dead cows, though? I, I, what do you do with those? Uh, really, I, what do you do with them? Yeah. Do you pile them up and burn them? I guess. Bury them in a big I hole. I be one doing all that. Whew. Don't be downwind from that. I just. I can't. I can't go along with, well, it got hot, and just like this, they just three, two, over. one, bang. <laughs> They're gone. <laughs> they all fell over at one time. Like President Biden said, condolences, because they dropped dead yeah. the other day. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can use better words yeah. there. Massive cow <laughs> I mean, what's going on? Uh, no, June the 20th, tomorrow's the first day of summer, Bill tells me it's going to be really hot. Um. And then, oh, today, today, June the 20th, is National Ice Cream Soda Day. Now, Ice Cream Soda Day. I saw it on the list. Immediately, my Alabama brain goes, that's a Coke float. Yeah. I have heard and have had and am fond of something called, that I came to know as a Coke float. Now, am I the only one that calls it that? No, I know what you're talking about because I've had them too. Coke floats. It's Coke float. Yeah. 
glass you coke with ice cream in it. I, that's right. Float, floating in it. It depends. Like I take the glass, I put the ice cream in, and then pour the coke over mm-hmm. it, and then you can drink it sort of, but you're gonna need a spoon at some point. Yeah, that's called a it's, coke float. It's real good. So my question is: Is that the same thing as what these people, you know, presumably not from around here, are calling an ice cream soda? I think it probably is. They put an ice cream and putting yeah. soda on it. Well, I call it a coke float. So my thing is, y'all, uh, today would be a good day. To, to enjoy a nice Coke float. Oh, up north they call call it pop. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, I got a pop float. Yeah. Ugh. Nick said on the cows, there's no way it was heat. It had to be lack of water. Only explanation, he said, either that or the aliens got them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, look, if you're PETA, I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at the death of the cows. And what I'm saying is, it's funny to think that we may attribute it to aliens or somebody might. Uh, Dennis, formerly of Omaha. Now, if he's from in and around Omaha, he's going to know something about cows. And he says, look it up, Matt. Steaks, too. <laughs> There's always sort of a little bit of a a condescending connotation that I maybe it's my own insecurity, but I take it that way when I read a text and the first words are, look it up, Matt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like dummy. <clears throat> Not... Hey, Matt, let me help you out here. Hey, Matt, here's some info. No, no, no. Look it up, Matt. <clears throat> you lazy jerk. Look it up, Matt. Two million, two million animals die a year due to various causes, mainly heat-related in the country every year. That's redundant, Dennis. <laughs> he said two, two million animals die a year due to various causes, mainly heat-related in this country every year. It's like... Brian Fantana's cologne. It works 60% of the time. It works every time. <clears throat> okay. Uh, but 2 million animals die a year due to heat. Well, that's tough. I guess it could have done it, right? It could have done it. Mm. All I'm saying is this week we got a heat wave coming. They've shown me the maps. It's all over Twitter. The entire southeastern United States is in this big red blob heat wave. We're going to have a drought to go along with it. Well, what about the cows? Well, the good thing around here is that a lot of the cows that in the fields that are here, they have big trees they can get under. Mm-hmm. Have you ever like driven along the trace and you see yeah. cows out there? They're always under the tree. Under the trees, yeah. They're not dumb. They're getting, find getting in the shade. And, and presumably, there was not any shade at this place out in and Kansas. Now, Kansas probably there might not have been many trees. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't laugh kind of at this, but, uh, you know, I can't help but... The Kansas prairie is not exactly a good The first spot. thing out of your mouth, Bill, was aliens. Aliens! <laughs> That's the first thing out of your mouth. Well, when that many of them die at once, you know, it's like, wow. Like the big ship came over and they just couldn't pick them all up. Yeah. They're going to come back later and get them. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and some old redneck interrupted it. He went yeah. out there with his tractor. His and tractor. the aliens were like, gummit, we can't get the cows now. There's the farmers out the farmers here. farmers out there. Okay. We've taken this way too far. My uh, Hanna-Barbera <laughs> brain has taken this uh, just a little too far. Jeremy, look a here, look a here. Jeremy, thanks for the pictures and the text. On the country, please, and text on, he says, Matt, we took our son to Monster Jam in Kansas City this weekend for his birthday. Arrowhead was nice. But I was surprised at the lack of amenities and food options. Is that normal for an NFL stadium? Ah, oh, heck, man. I'll be honest with you, Jeremy. I haven't been to a lot of NFL stadiums. So if 
I couldn't tell you firsthand if it's uh, normal for NFL stadiums or not. However, I will tell you, you know, Arrowhead is a very old stadium as compared to many, you know, NFL stadiums and other major stadiums. Arrowhead has been sitting there just like it is for what forty years, fifty years more. Yeah, it's been here a while. Yeah. I mean, and you know, so um, you know, I don't know, and I also know this: Chiefs games, Chiefs. NFL games, home games at Arrowhead, are notorious for its tailgating atmosphere. And you will hear people say, uh, a Chiefs NFL game at home is the closest thing to like an SEC game atmosphere, as you will get, in that you'll have 70,000, 80,000 people in the stadium screaming and yelling, but there's a huge tailgate area and, and atmosphere well, outside the stadium as well. And You, you never try to go in the stadium. A lot of people don't go. And – you get that at SEC games. You don't get that in every NFL venue. No. And and so and I know this that at Chiefs games, you know, like the parking lot areas, they'll have food trucks here and drink trucks and you know, all these different things. So a lot of what they do at Kansas City is outside the stadium and not necessarily in it. You know, as far as how it compares to other places, I don't know. Jeremy, I thought what you were going to tell me is that you went by and, and toured Arrowhead Stadium right there in Kansas City, on your way to Omaha. And just about anybody from Mississippi that goes to Omaha, they're going to go that route. They're going to eventually get to St. Louis and then over to Kansas City and then over to Omaha. And you drive on the highway right beside Arrowhead Stadium. And in between is Royal Stadium. Yep. In fact, if you don't look, turn your head and look quick enough, all you'll see is Royal Stadium. Interstate 70, and all you'll see is Royal Stadium because it blocks the Blocks it out, yeah. uh, Of Arrowhead. So I thought that's what you were going to Do you crave your sports? It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. Hi, back with you. Welcome in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. All right, so... Who was it? Dennis? All right, Dennis said, I'm sorry, it's $20 million. $20 million. Not $2 million, $20 million die every year from heat. He said, oh. look it up. <laughs> look it up. Still want you to look it up. I'm on Google, lad. <laughs> this, time, this time he put an exclamation point on it. <laughs> hey, look it up. <laughs> that is a very, yeah, it's a condescending thing to throw in, but it's hilarious Dennis, so I don't mind it. I, I really enjoy. I don't care what you do or say around here, as long as it's funny. That's all I'm looking for from a, on a pretty much a daily basis. Is one I, I'm looking to. I'm looking to serve God, my Creator, in you know in some way. Okay, and then I'm looking to laugh. I want to laugh. I love laughing. <laughs> I want something funny. Okay, and it's funny when you tell me, Matt, look it up. Look it up, All man. Right? Because it's the insinuation is that I have been too lazy to this point to have looked it up. <clears throat> Thanks, Dennis. I appreciate it very much. Okay. I wonder if anybody out there wonders why we sound like we're in the same room today. We are. Because we are. I be here. <laughs> hey, and on that note, if y'all are tuning in here today at the normal time in the middle of the day, uh, Bill and I... It, when we do the show live tomorrow on the flagship station, the show 105.9 ESPN WRKS, The Zone, 
in Jackson Central Mississippi will be uh, early. We'll be on a couple hours early, moving up a time slot and be on tomorrow starting at 10 a.m. and go up until about the noon. Yeah, Matt's uh, always got something to do. There's always something going on. There's always (laughs) miles to be eaten up on the highway, uh, it seems like, and fitting it all in is just a – it's like it's like learning to be a juggler. So we'll be on early tomorrow. AC did text us on the cow thing and says, I thought all those cows dying was a little odd, too. I looked into it a little more, and supposedly he said it takes 45 days or so for a cow to adjust to the heat. They can handle it, but can't handle when the temperature suddenly goes from 80 to 85 to 105, 110 in the matter of 7 to 14 days. He said, it may be wrong, but just what I saw when I looked a little deeper into it. And that would make sense, you know. Yeah, they're sensitive. you got to have some That's acclimation. Like anybody else. Even people couldn't stand a real quick heat change like that. And it is sad. It's bad. Yeah. And and it really, you know, you think about that many, it's affecting some farmer more than it is somebody else. But, man, I feel sorry for the cleanup crew. Like, what do they do? I hate to. That's morbid. But what are they doing? I mean, they're huge. Yeah, you got to think. What are they going to? You know, they're going to have to bury them or burn them. That's your two options, right there. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Or if you believe in aliens, like I don't know, draw a circle around them, something. Try to, hey, y'all, come get these things. Wait for them to come back. Put a sign that says (laughs) they're ready. Now's your chance. You know, help us out. Okay, y'all, come back now. Here. (laughs) Well, I believe it's time. Today being Monday meant we were not on the air yesterday. Okay, today is 75 days to uh, that first Saturday of college football in September. Yesterday would have been 76. So today we're going to do two teams in the countdown, and we will start with team number 76, the countdown of 90 teams in 90 days. All right, it's the countdown of 90 college football teams in 90 days. We are today 75. We're going to do 76 also. All right, so team number 76 on the countdown is an independent who we are familiar with. So we can't tag them to a conference. They are the Flames of Liberty. And I got to say, this version of their fight song, Bill, sounds more like something on an old 60s uh, chase movie. Yeah, yeah. Like the Keystone Cop. <laughs> like something out of It's a Mad, 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 yeah, Mad World. Yeah. It, more than a fight <laughs> song. But this is it. It's a Liberty fight song. Take it, Check it out. <laughs> there we go. Two minutes. Go LU. So the Liberty Flames, we know that uh, they are independent. They are coached by Hugh Freeze. They are team number 76 on our countdown. They were 8-5 and five overall last year, and they don't have a conference record because it ain't in a conference. Among the major FBS independents last year, they finished fourth. 
Notre Dame went eleven and two. BYU went ten and three. Army was nine and four, and then Liberty was eight and five. And the other independents are in a big mess. New Mexico State, UMass, and UConn, they combined for four wins last year. All three of those did. But Liberty, here's the thing to note first and foremost about Liberty. They begin the year this year in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Okay, at The Rock. Will Hall and his Southern Miss Golden Eagles are going to host Liberty in 75 days from today on September the 3rd, a 6 p.m. kickoff in Hattiesburg. That's your season opener right there. Hugh Freeze, I believe I remembered that he went to school at Southern Miss. I think he's a graduate of Southern Miss, in fact. And so it's an alma mater trip for him taking Liberty in there. And I would think that Southern Miss is going to have their hands squarely full as an eight-win football team last year. Liberty has really, as you would expect, as an independent, number one. Number two is an independent with plenty, plenty, plenty of alums and resources. They got That's the thing about Liberty that people don't realize is they've got a lot of financial support. They got into this whole thing of – you know, education and the college business and, and athletics and everything else, Division One athletics, with the intention of being a, what, a Baptist version of what BYU is for the Mormon church. I, I mean, that's kind of what I'd heard over the years. And so anyway, <clears throat> they got plenty of support. So the transfer portal, as you read about it, is being pretty good to Liberty. And they're going to need it. They're they're losing some significant pieces off of their team a year ago. And you start with Malik Willis, their quarterback, who he's gone to the NFL, was drafted, just not in the first round like some people projected was a possibility. Um, This is Hugh Freeze's – look, the guy can coach. The guy can coach a football team. He can put one together. He can get them in the end zone offensively. The guy can coach. Um. And the thing about a guy like Hugh Freeze, you know, every year that goes by, he gets a little older and a little older and a little farther away from some of the youthful mistakes, just to be totally honest. Now, I'm not making excuses for him. I'm just saying that's the case with anybody, right? And so it's his fourth year at Liberty. He's 26-11 and 11 so far at Liberty. It's his 12th year overall as a head coach. Of course, went 8-5 and five, uh, last year. Two years ago, in the COVID year, they went 10-1. and one. I don't know if everybody realized that or not. And played some ACC teams and just tore them all to pieces. That was two years ago. But they're losing quarterback Malik Willis. Uh, a couple of guys on defense that are moving on that were really the leaders of their defense. Linebacker Story Jackson, Rashad Harding at linebacker also. So they're really replacing their their most high-profile players on both sides of the ball and going to take that team in there. Again, an eight-win team last year, and you know they're going to have, you know, transfer portal help and have brought some pieces in there. It's just no affiliation from a conference, so therefore their schedule's like Southern Miss, UAB, they host week two, then week three they go to Wake Forest, an ACC team, then they host Akron. They've got Old Dominion, UMass, another independent Gardner-Webb, BYU, and other independent. They're traveling to Arkansas late in the year. They're going to host Virginia Tech late mm-hmm. in the year also. So it's a really hodgepodge schedule for them. Mm-hmm. But he he did go to USM, by the way. He did? Okay. Yeah, like so, the, uh, so Hugh Freeze will be returning to his alma mater. 
Do we have a minute for Rooster before the music starts? Uh, yeah, we should have probably. Uh, Rooster, thanks for calling. What's up? Hey. Hey, man. I thought you'd be at Omaha. But I wasn't going to call because I don't have much to say. But when I heard the uh, BYU Liberty comment, Liberty doesn't want to be by BYU. They want to be Notre Dame. Guarantee you. They got all kind of money. They sure do. And they cheat. And they cheat. They cheat? <laughs> but they cheat, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be uh, content until Hugh Freeze confesses. But anyway, we'll change the subject, get back to baseball. The key to Ole Miss is Little League. Did you watch him play in high school? You, okay, are you talking about the guy that's going to pitch tonight? Hunter, yeah. Yeah, Hunter, Hunter Elliott. Yeah, he. no doubt he is the key. No, I didn't watch him in high school. I sure didn't. Gosh, I never heard of it. And all of a sudden, man, he's I know. Over that team. And last and man, week against we, Southern Miss, he looked like Greg Maddox out there. It was incredible. Uh, that's, that's a good analogy. But anyway, you know, that was my take, remember? <laughs> <laughs> it was your take. It was, yeah, a long time ago with Ole Miss. But that was mm-hmm. fantastic. And, you know, he popped it back to back. This is the same that Ole Miss. Yeah, it would I mean, be. I mean, man, we'd, we'd, we'd have the big head for a long time, wouldn't we? <laughs> Yeah, bring on the rival, the baseball trash talk. Good stuff, Rooster. I appreciate the call. Sorry for the music cutting us short. That's hour one in the books. Hour two coming up. Somebody that went to Omaha. Y'all stick around.